You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Okay, ladies, I have a thought about work. And I know in my mind what is expected of me at a job and in my business. And I was taught by my parents who were depression era what it means to have integrity at work, what it means to have a good work ethic, to work hard. You had to work hard for things. And if your boss said, we need you to stay after hours, you stayed after hours. We need you on a weekend. We need you to do this, go the extra effort, do the extra mile. And all of a sudden, it seems that the 20-somethings have said, no, just no, like just like that. Nope, not going to do it. And I'm reading something with a label now called quiet quitting, which I thought quiet quitting. Is that like not stomping out the door when you leave? <laughs> not slamming the door right. behind you? Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. It was like, I'm just going to sneak out and not come back to work. But no, quiet quitting apparently started on TikTok with the 20 somethings. And it is what it is, is you decide I'm going to put in less effort and have less enthusiasm, not work as hard, not work overtime. And when the boss says, Hey, you know what? We need you to be working after hours. I need your phone number so that I can be in contact with you 24 seven. If I ever need you and pick up my dry cleaning and I'm envisioning the devil wears product type, mm -hmm. you know, work, 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 work. And I'm generalizing, but so it seems there's a sanction in the 20 something group that has said, uh-uh, not going to do that. My time is more important. Where the value in life comes for me is after hours, not nine to five or eight to five at the workplace with all you people that are not family. Most of you are probably not friends. You're my fake friends. You're my work friends. And I value other things. So I'm just going to do my job with minimum effort, walk out the door and then live life. And I'm not quite sure how to think about that. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I think the three of us grew up in an era where, where it's your you show up for work and you work hard and you give everything you have to it. Um, and there was a, a shame attached to not performing at your very best. Right. Um, and I do, I did and do take great pride in the work I do, regardless of what work it is. If I'm going to show up, I, I, I want to show up above and beyond. And honestly, We've talked about this before. That's how I've raised my girls. And yet 
The other piece of this that's interesting that, you know, from this article that you sent us, Becky, on quiet quitting, one aspect of it was that these 20-somethings are trying to remove themselves from their identity being what they do. And I think that that's a positive aspect of this because um, we are not what we do. I am so much more. And, and it. I loved when I owned my own event design company, I loved everything about, about it. And I, I really attached my identity to that in a big, big way. I was creative. I loved my place in the community. I loved um, how others saw me in my successful event design company, right? That I took um, a certain pride knowing that all of the companies in the Lansing area turned to Petal and Forest, right? For the most cutting edge design. And I, I, how can I say, I absorbed the identity through my company and through what I did. So much so that when I sold my portion of Petal and Forest to my partners, it became too much. Uh, we, When we started out, we thought we would do 12 events a year. When I sold my portion, we were doing 86 events and somebody else was messing my kids up, not me. And I wanted to. So I'm like, this isn't really what I, you know, want. So I sold my portion to my partners, but then I remember my little girl sitting in the back seat in her little, um, you know, car seat and her realizing that I was selling Petal and Forest. And she said, mama, you're not going to be Petal and Forest anymore. And I said, no, I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be mom all the time, you know? And she said, oh, you're not going to be cool anymore, mom. And I went, what? I put the cool in Petalin Forest. I that's where they go for cool. Right. But but you know, I was it it really hurt me. It, it, I was sad, a little depressed. My self-esteem suffered during that time because I really thought, who am I if I'm not this incredible, you know, creative diva? And um, it's just, I think it's, it's that piece of the quiet quitting is, is a good element. I think, what do you guys think? I, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of complicated what you said about people not wanting to have work be their identity. Work is a part of our identity. It's, it's not their identity in total. But all of the pieces of our life are I are our identity. So when I was employed by somebody else, I always did, as Becky said, the best job that I could do. And I did everything, you know, I did the work late. I I did uh, the very best. When I came to work, I gave 110% every day. And I've done that my whole life, which is why I've been very successful in my own business, as have you two ladies as well. So I, I see my work as something that gives me satisfaction, something that gives me self-esteem, something that I think human nature of people 
uh, we need to have something that that does give that that self-esteem, something that says that that we are making a difference in the world, that we are doing something right and and, and you know, making other people happy or helping employ other people or whatever it is that we're doing, making beautiful flower arrangements, whatever it is that we're doing. Uh, we, we do gain a lot from that. And, and, but the other part of my identity is being a mom to my children is being a wife to my husband and is being me for myself, right? Just the things that I want to do that I'm interested in doing. You know, uh, if I sit down at my kitchen table to do a puzzle, because I love puzzles, um, I'm going to sit there all night till that puzzle's done. You know, that it's, it's just what I feel like we are losing with this quiet quitting. People can't separate pieces of themselves and say, well, I like this piece, but I don't like this piece. So if, if you just, if people could picture their life outside of work and okay, here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be this and that. And then they go to work and what they're a different person. I mean, that's like schizophrenic to me. I, you either are a person who gives your all to what you're doing, whatever it is in your life, or you're schizophrenic and half and half, or, or you're not giving all of it to anything. I don't know what the answer is, but this honestly doesn't make sense to me. And I think it's going to hurt these kids mm -hmm. in the long run more than help because that sense of self-worth by doing a job well done, first of all, it's what your employer deserves from you, from every one of those people. Your employer is paying you a paycheck. They deserve your best every hour of every day, period. When you show up to work, you you that's what you should give. And if you're not, I don't, I don't know how you could be a fulfilled person in your life. So one of the things in this article, this one person, and he's older, but he states the most interesting part about this is nothing has changed for him. He said, I still work just as hard. I still get just as much accomplished. I just don't get stressed and internally like rip myself to shreds and I'm not anxious and don't have so much stress. Um, I know jobs are stressful. Life can be stressful and not all. In fact, I would have to say, I bet it's safe to say that in many job situations, not everybody is friends. Therefore there's stress and there could be stress just in the job and stress with being with different people time frames, whatever it is that you have to deal with in your job. But here's an interesting scenario. Our daughter is working at a university and she shares with us uh, some of the day-to-day -day life experiences that happen there. And the majority of her coworkers are 20, early 20 somethings. And supervisors are probably mid thirties. And when I hear about how casual they are in the office and comfortable they are with each other and they goof around and there's lots of laughing, they can go to lunch together. And when somebody has an issue or something, they're quick to say, oh, go, go take care of that. You, you, you shouldn't even be here. This happened. 
Why are you even here? Go take care of that. You need to get that taken care of. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself and then come back to work. And I'm just like, um, I, that's unheard of for me. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, when I, I think it was the summer before college. So I had just graduated from high school and I was invited to the military ball at the Naval Academy. And unfortunately it was the same weekend as I was supposed to start work at a store, a now defunct store called Jacobson's. And I was really, really, really upset and sad that I couldn't go. My dad just being my dad is like, there's no choice here. You have to, you have to take this job. It's your summer job. That's when the training is you have to do this. So I didn't go to the ball. And when I got to the training that day, the supervisor said, listen, you know, say, introduce yourself, say something interesting. And I must've been a little bitter because I just said, I, I was planning on being at a military ball right now at, Anna at Annapolis with a midshipman or something. And they were like, oh, we had other training sessions. You could have done that. And I was like, what? <laughs> but right. see, that was, that was my dad being a stickler for mm -hmm. you do your job. And when they say jump, you say how high. And it, that's the way he was raised. That's the way he raised us. And I thought that was the way that we raised our daughter. But the environment out there now is very, very different. And there's a lot of self-care that's happening in some offices. Now, mm -hmm. it could be unique that it's a university because it's just, I think, maybe different university employment. I know university life is different, but maybe it's just different in those offices. But I have been hearing more and more, you know, casual Fridays and casual Wednesdays. Uh, my husband's group at work went golfing last night. So people are, I think it might be an attempt to reduce stress, but are we, all of this to say, are we going to lose quality in the work that we're getting out of employees? And are we going to lose, our our supervisors going to lose respect because everybody's going to be everybody's friend? We're going to be so kind to everyone. How do you maintain authority when you're everybody's friend? Judy, I'm saying one word and I'm throwing it to you. Yes, okay. Becky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's so true. Um, I have, and we've, we've talked about this, but my, my girls grew up with horses. So we had, at one point we had like 15 horses, right? And they had to get up and take care of the horses before they uh, went to school. And then they had to come home and take care of the horses again. And then at night we had to put them out, tuck them all away. And um, what was interesting is that there wasn't a lot of grumbling about it at all. There really wasn't because they understood completely that the they, they belonged to them. Those horses uh, depended on them for everything. And so it was never even, there were, wasn't even space, right? Allotted for them to complain, if that makes sense, right? This is just what you do. And so both my girls now show up for work. They do the work, okay? But I think part of this 
you know, that quiet quitting is also about your integrity and your word, which in our family, your word is everything. It is everything. Okay. Because you could be extremely wealthy, extremely successful, but if you tell lies, half truths, or show up in a way that is out of integrity, you absolutely are nothing. Nobody trusts you, right? Nobody will trust you. Nobody's going to give you a chance. It's over. So all you have in the end is your word. And I think that's attached to this whole quiet quitting scenario. I agree. Yeah, I think that that's, that that's true. And I think that, I, I think it's not going to work. I think that that it's not going to make people feel as fulfilled as they think that they will feel. And is it affecting uh, workplaces? I want to talk about that after the break. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. So you can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. And I'd like to introduce our host today. I am here with Becky Kolminen, Becky of Becky Talk. She is a, uh, a voice talent, a voiceover artist. You hear her amazing, beautiful voice right on this show in the beginning and at the end. And uh, she she is actually a rising star in that industry. So Becky, welcome. Um, Becky hails from Michigan, by the way, and she's a mom and a wife. And I am here with Judy Moran. Judy is the Vice President of Client Relations at the 12 week year. And she's also vacationing in Michigan all year long, for heaven's sakes, not all year long, all summer long. And uh, so, so she's She's there also in her uh, cottage cheese lake house there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> enjoying <Yeah>. life. Uh, <laughs> and she is also a, a wife and a mom and normally hails from Arizona. 
Yay, Arizona. Yay. <laughs> and I'm Linda Martinelli. I am a business owner and I am also a wife and a mom hailing from Texas. And uh, just like to mention that I am the host along with Dr. Ron Martinelli, my husband of Talking While Married right here on America Out Loud weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please join us there. Becky, I'm back to your question. Uh, did this, will this affect the workplace? Look at the workplace. This is the work worst workplace ethic group, the worst um, lack of employees I have ever seen in my lifetime in this country. Everywhere you go, there are not enough employees. And, you know, that's that's a little shame when it's a restaurant you love to go to and they don't have enough employees and your food takes forever and you can't get waited on. That's one thing. Even our, in my little town here, our Denny's can't even stay open because they can't find people to work in Denny's. Um, but if it's your airline mechanic, that's a big deal. And they are short people too. If it's your nurse in the hospital, that's a big deal. And don't forget what we've done in this country is we laid off these very valuable people because of COVID or because they didn't get vaccines. And uh, then we had the, the, the defund police movement, Black Lives Matter has succeeded in doing exactly what they wanted to do. And we have increased crime dramatically in this country. And I know in Dallas, we are short 600 police officers in every single city and county in this country. We are short police officers and most places will not respond anymore unless it is a homicide. So if somebody's beating you up, if somebody's robbing your house, if somebody is burglarizing your business, they're not going to show up. So yes, it is the worst, the worst job market in the entire country. And a lot of that has to do with this attitude that we have allowed to exist about the workplace and and a lot of this came from the shutdowns and and our government gave us this gift that's what i was going to say is truly all of this from the fact that during covid people had to be laid off and then they were paid to not work and they and, still are being paid in yeah. many cases well so what happened was people got a taste of oh I think I kind of like this. I think I kind of like not working and getting paid. And this is pretty cool. And then the thought of, especially if their working environment wasn't good to begin with, or maybe they weren't happy where they were working. Why they don't want to go back to what they were doing. And in a lot of cases, that's not even an option. So what do they do? And then it's like, well... You know, I had a pretty decent job, which now looks better than it did when I was there. But now I'm a waitress. Now I'm I'm serving. I'm in the service industry. This is really crappy. And then there's low morale. Then there's, oh, I'm just getting, I'm just working to get a paycheck. This really stinks. It's never enough. Da, 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 da. So I think it's created a monster. It's created something horrible that seemed to happen overnight if you consider two years to be overnight but it also seems that that 20 something generation has latched onto this and just said you know what i 
I want my work to be different than what my parents, my parents complained about their job. They hated their job. They hated their boss. I'm going to either be my own boss or I'm going to work someplace where they let us, you know, be chill. We can just be chill. (laughs) And so I haven't, I just can't picture my mind if all businesses are going to be chill, who's going to get the work done? They're not, you know, and I, I think that the, it's the, you know, the law, the natural law, right. Of the land is if you show up and you work hard, you will succeed. I mean, I have pounded that into my children forever when they were in school. I taught them that if they got good grades, that they would tell somebody, they would tell people what to do. And if they didn't get good grades, then somebody else was going to tell them what to do for the rest of their life. That's pretty much the simple, you know, analysis of it. And you make your choice. I'm not going to, you know, ride you. I'm not going to, right. I'm not going to be all over you and, and be that parent, but just so that you understand clearly that you are preparing for your own path. Um, I think that in the end, when, um, our economy does turn around and, um, you know, people are then vying for jobs, right? The ones who are just barely showing up will get laid off. They, they actually will. They think that they're doing that. They, they think they're creating this whole new, um, you know, work ethic that's going to be acceptable, but it isn't. I, I, you, if you own a company, the bottom line is that you feed your family with what you, you know, you eat what you kill. Okay. And if you and your team are not out there producing, then there's no company. There's no product to sell any longer. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't, I don't want the nurse that is quietly quitting. Okay. <laughs> I don't want her to be my nurse. It's only <laughs> or, scary. That's so true. Oh, boy, that and that's uh, no, I don't want the airplane mechanic that's quietly no. quitting. I mean, no. th- those are scary things. And I mm-hmm. I fly a great deal, and I have never had so many delays because of mechanical issues yeah. in my life. I mean, the last flight I took, they put gasoline in the wrong place. No, and then, then they had to uh take it, take it out before the plane could fly and i was terrified when the plane took off you know but i mean everything was fine but i i'm like oh my gosh you know the 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 experience that we lost the experience in pilots when when they furloughed everybody because of covid and planes weren't flying they allowed pilots and stewardesses to and mechanics to take early retirement and they gave them good money to do so. Well, now we have no experience left and it takes years to build that experience. It's the same thing in the police departments, the, the, the old guys, Mm -hmm. um, the experienced guys that have been there a long time, the detectives, the guys that know how to find the criminals, the guys that know how to write good reports, they, retired. And now we have all these young guys, you can't even get guys to come in, right? And so they they have no experience. And you've got all these 
these young guys who aren't trained well yet, who, you know, then they get in trouble or they don't do something right or they don't know what to do. It's just really a huge mess because we lost those people that are able to mentor and train the next generation of people in important jobs. Well, you know, Linda, on that same note, I was reading an article the other day how the military, the U.S. military, is in a huge deficit for, um, what do you call it, um, people that want to join the military. For recruits, right. For recruits, yeah. I mean, a dramatic But part of that, Becky, is that our government under Joe Biden decided to fire all they they found a reason to get rid of conservatives. And what they did, they they had to give up all their their passwords and things. They had to give up their Facebook, their their social media. And they looked at it. And if they were conservative, they found some way to get them out, to demote them. And then if they wouldn't take a vaccine, they uh, got rid of them. And who wants to go into this big woke military do you know what they're doing instead of teaching our soldiers to fight for america they're teaching them about woke words and and uh the the saying he she we they uh all these different new titles that's what they're teaching our military instead of how to fight for our country if china (laughs) wants to take over america tomorrow we are absolutely lost. Who's going to fight for us? They're they're bringing in all these drugs to kill our kids with that are of fighting age. Who's going to fight for us? It's and you know and we don't we don't support the military financially. No, well the you Democrats know. don't. President no, Trump but, did. I mean, yeah. The, oh yeah. The the Republicans do, and I Trump definitely did. But I, you know, I felt so horrible when Gabby called me and said, oh my gosh, you know, Justin is, feels horrible today. He's so depressed. And I said, why? He said he went to McDonald's and there was a sign in the window um, and they're paying the McDonald's employees more than they're paying him. You could get a job at McDonald's and make more money. Yeah. Than fighting for our country. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's just ridiculous. And what do you say to that? What do you, I don't, you know, how do you console him? And how are you ever going to recruit anybody to join the right. military? How are you that's ever going to recruit anybody to, to join the military? What is the big payoff? What's, why would they do it? Right. Uh, so- it, it, so here's a, an interesting, cute, not cute, I don't know, funny, interesting scenario. Um, when our daughter started her new job, which was May 31st, in her mind, because we have sort of prepared her for this, you know, this is the big first big girl job. This is, you know, you go in with your girly suit on and all this stuff and heels and blah, blah, blah. And work starts at eight. And so I said, I don't need to remind you, right, that if you show up at eight, you're late. She's like, nope, I'm good. We'll be there. And she literally lives six minutes from where she has to be. So she got there like at five to eight or something. And it's all dark. The whole place is dark. There's nobody there. And she said she stood outside the door and she looked at her watch. She looked at the calendar. She looked, she's like, had that freak out moment where you're like, oh my gosh, was that today? 
is it today? Wait, is it Monday or Tuesday? This is Monday, right? And it was the day after Memorial Day. So she really was mixed up. She's like, oh my gosh, did I get the day wrong? And she waited 10 minutes. And about five after eight, somebody came and unlocked the door and they said, oh, you must be Mary. She said, I am. And she said, yeah, your department rolls in about 810, 815. And I said, what? The whole department, the whole office of admissions shows up. Some show up at 810, some 815. And I just said, I don't get that. Mm-mm. It's like, well, everybody works hard. We all work. We work hard. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm just confused. Doesn't make sense. And it doesn't. It doesn't to me at all. I don't get it. So she's, she is known, and we have confirmed this with her, but she's known as the one who's there first in the morning. And I just said, Mary, please understand, don't fall into their lax behavior. You do the right thing. You show up there on time, get a key and open it up, have everything ready because someone will be watching. And when you go on to that next job, at least this is the way it used to be. When you go on to that next job and they call for a reference, your current employer is going to say, you know what? She was there ahead of everybody else every day and she got things rolling and she was da 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 Is that gone? You know, what's interesting is that a lot of the managers don't care, especially in the the restaurants and the fast food, because I I was in the airport uh, recently, and I I think that this restaurant was supposed to open at, I had an early flight, and it was supposed to open at like 7 a.m. And so there's a line of people waiting to, to get seated in there or to order out, right? And so I get in the line. And it's, you know, it gets to be 7.15, 7.30, whatever. And I'm going, what, 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 why are you not open? All the people are there. They're, they're, they're rolling in a little by little. And then they decide to have like this staff meeting right there in the, where everybody could see. And, and they're, and all the management, they're ignoring all these customers who have flights to catch. And, and they were over a half an hour late probably about 40 minutes late in opening. Um, I, are you just kidding me? I mean, is how, how do you stay in business with this kind of work ethic? It's just crazy anymore. It really is. And then you have my Emma who worked at the general store over the summer. She got that job and we went and checked on her. Right. And I asked the owner, you know, how's she doing? She's doing okay. He's like, Oh my gosh. We're ready to give her the keys because I said, really? And he said, oh yeah, now she's only 16, but they're ready to hand over the keys and let her open and close. He said, I turned around. It was really slow. And then she was washing windows. I didn't tell her to wash the windows, you know? And then um, the next day he said, "I, I couldn't find her. I didn't know where she was. I went in the back and there she was doing all the dishes. Nobody told her to do the dishes. And, you know, part of it, I'm really proud of her, but part of it is that even if those around you, if the environment is one that is lax, do not fall into that because you are going to create habits that will plague you for the rest of your working years. 
you know? Um, and so even though my advice to Mary would be still, like you said, show up early, get a key, um, stay true to your character and your work ethic, because in the end, you know, everybody reveals themselves in the end, everybody reveals themselves and you will rise to the top if you work hard. But like Linda said, what's scary is it seems like some of the managers now don't even care. Mm -mm. And so that kind of tells me things are changing, but I don't see them changing in the positive direction that I would have hoped. Well, they've, they, they've retired everybody who had a good work ethic. Yeah. They're, they're all gone. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Okay, ladies, there's something that has been on my mind that I want to talk about, and it is the discrepancy between the compensation that men get paid and women get paid on the job. And I don't have the article in front of me, but something that sparked this was learning about the female basketball referees that don't have, they're not paid as much as their male counterparts in the NBA. And at first I thought about it and I, I went to a, I guess a bad place, a naughty place. And my thought was, well, it's women's basketball. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say, but there truly seems to be no, no real reason why the male referees would be paid a certain amount for men's basketball. And then for women's basketball, they're not compensated anything close to what the men would be. Now, a question that I have about that is what if there was a female referee in a basketball game in a men's basketball game? Would she be paid the same or would she be paid? And I think right now she wouldn't. She would still be paid the 
whatever they pay women as opposed to men. And why is this different? Okay. Oh boy. I have something to say about that. Men's basketball gets a huge audience and a huge amount of income and therefore their players make more money and the referees and everybody involved makes more money. I don't see any reason that women's basketball players should be paid the same as men's basketball players if they don't bring in the same kind of revenue. That's just common sense finances. And it's the same thing with the women's soccer players that they won that battle about getting equal pay, but they don't have the audience. I watch women's soccer every, every week. And I, uh, and personal friends, my, my daughter-in-law is best friends with one of the stars on our women's soccer ball, soccer team. And I'm sorry, I'd still disagree that there, there, there was almost nobody in the audience. The last game that I watched in the stands where the men's is jam packed full so I think it's about revenue and not about anything else. And, you know, Becky, I, I talked about this subject the other day on Ladies of Liberty with a CEO of a corporation. And, and it's always the thing that women say, uh, we're not getting equal pay. And, and I want to see where that comes from, because I feel like it's something that the news media tells us, but but I haven't seen it. And like say the industry that I work in, I don't see it. So maybe it happens in industries. I don't know. But I I think that pay should be not sex-based. I think it should be uh performance-based. And and that's that's my never to be humble opinion. Judy. Oh, oh boy, I have all sorts of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> and there, and um, so I have three different um, I don't know, sections to this whole conversation. Um, but the first one is when I'm looking at, I pulled up uh, women's earnings as a percentage of men's earning by state. Okay. And I think, you know, you had just said, I don't experience it as much as I think maybe um, because of the industry you're in, but it's also about where you live because in California, actually California and actually Arizona, Florida, um, uh, what would that be? George, I think Georgia, um, women are paid 85 to 90% the same amount as men. So they're the percentage uh, of men's earnings. Okay. The lowest minus like, you know, 70% Michigan is one of the lowest. Isn't that interesting? Um, yeah. uh, the lowest paying jobs are for females are in Michigan. Um, I think that's interesting to me. Um, that's interesting with your crazy female governor. I know. I don't oh. really, maybe it's because of the car industry because they're so beholden to the automotive industry. I'm not sure. Um, but so that's just interesting to me. The other point that I want to make is that I think that we forget when we look at sports in general, we think of sports as entertainment, but sports is business. It's big business. And you've got people who own these teams, all of these different teams, right? They're not um, state held teams. 
And the whole purpose to owning a team is to what? Make money. If you own a business, you're not there to make everybody happy. You're there to turn a profit. It's a business. And why in the world would you pay the same amount to a person who is not producing as much as the other person, regardless of their sex? I really believe that it's about what you personally can produce. Um, why? So the question is, why don't we watch women's sports the way we watch men's sports? Okay. So that's really the question because you can't get blood from a rock if there's no money to have, right? How are you going to pay these women? So these women's soccer players are saying, you know, I am accomplished. I've won all of these medals. I have, um, I'm just as good as the men. Um, but the truth is we're not watching her, you know, as a country, we don't watch those games as, as much. Um, so I don't, you know, where is the money coming from to pay them? Um, so that in itself, I, I, I just don't agree with paying, um, with the, the gap between, the male athletes and the female athletes. I don't, I don't agree that they should be paid the same amount because they're not producing the same amount for their owner. And I now, can follow that. I right. follow that. Uh, yeah. yeah that make, and it does make sense. Right. But what if you take it, take it out of the sports realm? Mm -hmm. I was going to say right. arena as a yeah. pun. Um, what uh, about historically in the entertainment industry? Well, female, that is a bunch female. of bunk. Females That's have a been bunch paid. Of bunk. Yeah. So in that industry, females historically have been paid so much less. But there was an article that I recently read about uh, Ron Howard's daughter was in the Jurassic Park series movies. Can't say her first name. I can't remember it. But she was being paid significantly less than Chris Pratt, who was the main character. And he did something about it. He went and talked to whoever he needed to talk to, and he got her more money. And she was very thankful and humbled by that. But it that's a trend that has been there, I think, from day one. And why? Why would you value a male star over a female star? That makes no sense whatsoever. I would actually think could be just the opposite. Because I think maybe people go to movies to see beautiful women over beautiful men. That, not me in particular, but thank you, George Clooney. But, but Becky, saying. in that industry, they have the option of taking that pay or not taking it. So, so do they? Of course they do. They have the but what option. About the starting at, I mean, what if you're literally hungry? I mean, if you need the money, you're going to just do it because you need it. You, you have to make yourself be that actor or actress that is worth the money that you're asking for. And if they can replace you pretty easily with somebody else, if you don't accept the money, then you're not that person. So I, I, I don't listen, life can be competitive and it's okay that it's competitive. We all shouldn't be the pay paid the same things. You know, may, maybe that actress is a pain in the tush to work with, or may, who knows, you know, uh, who knows what the, the reason is. It could be, very well that they just figured that they can get away with more, but there certainly are actresses that have shown them that they can't and, and they don't, they don't take less. So I, I just think that 
that this whole thing that we, this equity thing in life in general is baloney. I, I want to get what I deserve um, because that's what I have earned. And I, I just, I think that everywhere that I'm looking, people are using their sex, their color, their, uh, they're, what do I want to say? If they're, if they're gay, straight, they're using those as weapons to get what they want rather than having the best performance where your employer doesn't want to lose you no matter what. Exactly. I, you know, what's interesting is a very, very, one of our, my best friends is the CEO of a major biomedical company. And we were having this conversation and he said, you know what, Jude, he said, I, you know, I interview people for different VP positions within my company. And I'm going to sit here and tell you that the, the female applicants don't ask. They do not ask for the same amount that the male applicants ask for. And he said, you know what? I'd gladly give it to them. But tell me, should I just offer it to them when they don't ask for it? Uh, no, because again, we're going back to why is the company in business, right? Companies in business to turn a profit. So, um, and that's not a bad thing. That's, a, that's what has made America great. That's what has made us competitive. But the problem is that we don't ask for it. We don't see ourselves right as worth it. We, and, and, um, I think that it's beginning to change, but, I agree with you, Linda, in that some of the onus is on us, right? We need to see ourselves as worthy. We have to hold ourselves that way and we have to ask for it. Um, yeah, this, when, it goes right back to how we started. Mm -hmm, exactly. And the thing, have you guys watched, it's called This Changes Everything. It's a Netflix documentary on mm -mm. um, it takes a, a deep look at gender disparity in Hollywood through the eyes of well-known actresses and female filmmakers. Um, there has been a huge discrepancy uh, in that industry, um, which I find really interesting because it's uh, that is such a woke industry, right? Isn't it? <laughs> But um, so that's I would highly recommend. I wanted my both of my daughters to watch it. Actually, um, did start watching that. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because it does bleed into really any industry, and it always goes back to believe in yourself, ask for what you're worth, understand what the job is worth, do your research. Um, know what the, the cap is, know what your male counterparts are making and ask for it. Don't just sit there and whine to me that you're not getting it. See, that goes right back to what we started talking about, the quiet quitting. If, if there's a new generation of employees who are, I don't want to sum it up by saying slackers, but they're less enthusiastic and they're not putting forth as much effort because they are going to intentionally focus more on self-care. <laughs> and 
And I understand, I don't want to say this wrong. It's going to come out wrong no matter how I say it. I understand there is a need for good mental health, for everybody to be healthy. But am I am I way off by saying that we've taken it to the degree where it seems like almost everybody's medicated now and mm. it's become an excuse for so many things? I mean, there isn't, my daughter does not have a friend. She doesn't have one friend that is not being medicated for anxiety. And I, that just blows my mind. She's like, she's, she's this odd person out because she's not on medication. And I'm it like, is craziness. I was for the 4th of July. Um, Brian came walking up from the beach. He goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I just walked by all the kids. So these kids are all 20 somethings sitting around the fire and all of them are talking about the different meds they're on. Uh, but that's Every, true. And he's like, what is it's that? True. It's what like, is that? He's like, <laughs> you know, they, it was like, they were one upping each other. Oh, I tried that. And it did this. <laughs> right. And it's oh like, my gosh. whatever happened to coping, whatever oh, happened what? to dealing with, right. With what you got. Right. I mean, I, it's a I grew up with ADHD. <laughs> I had that. I got, you know, report cards saying that Judy daydreams all the time, but yes. nobody drugged me up. I had yes. to figure it out. I had to figure out how to be successful anyway. Right. I had to, to compensate for my inequities, but that's no different than anybody else. There isn't one darn person out there. That's perfect. No. There's and that perfect. doesn't have anxiety and stress. We right. all have it. And, and some, right. some may be more than others, but, um, yeah. I, I have, I've never taken an anxiety drug or anti-anxiety mm -hmm. drug in my life. And right. I, ha I have tons of anxiety every day. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, yeah. I, I've got, I've got a business and family and all kinds of things going on, mm -hmm. just like millions of other people that this is why our kids are dying from fentanyl overdoses because they're I taking agree. all this junk that they're getting on the street and from each other. And mm -hmm. the Chinese are laughing at us as they watch our best and brightest uh, kill themselves, go away and not be able mm -hmm. to fight against them when they decide to try to take us over. The, yeah, right. this is a mess. Um, but but we do need to to get our our families back in order, mm -hmm. our families that can give the kids self-esteem. I think much of this, besides the schools, which is a huge part, much of this has to do with our broken families and kids not having two parents and kids not having fathers sure. that, that, um, yep. you know, I, Tracy Halpain, uh, one of our ladies of Liberty put it the other day that her, her husband is John Wayne Jerry, because she, she would be the kind of mom that's afraid for her kids to go out and, you know, try to try to tame that bucking bull or try to get in a race car or try to, uh, jump off a rock and into the water or any, you know, anything that looks dangerous or she's like, no, no. Well, her, the dad in that family who I adore is you get in there and get in that race car and you figure out how to make that work. And you, you go in there with that bucking bull and you uh, get these cattle to move and you, uh, and I have seen her kids who are two young men now 
I, I admire probably more than any kids that I know in life that these young men are afraid of nothing and can do everything. I've seen them in there in, in, in the, the, um, the, the, the vehicle that carries the bulls with those bulls by himself, you know, ordering these 2000 pound animals around and they are fighting with each other, not with him. And, and he's just, he's handling it at, at 17 years old. I mean, incredible kids who are fearless in life. What a great way to bring your kids up. What a great Truly. way. Instead of being entitled and afraid of everything. I agree. I agree so yeah. much. Yeah. I, we all need John Wayne, Jerry kind of guys. I agree. I agree. Get them to, to, to do things and to 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 live a kind of a fearless life i mean fear where you need it because fear is a great motivator mm -hmm. i use it every day in my life um, it is a great motivator and, and and we should use it that way instead of fearing it learn to cope and have integrity well ladies that's a wrap one more step for womankind